Yo, we are back. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Real Talk with Rajan, where nothing's off limits. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with me, and I appreciate that. Let's go ahead and get this rolling. Listen, let's go ahead and get this rolling. I need y'all to share this out. Let the world know the Real Talk with Rajan is back. I have a very, very special special guest host, very special guest today. Um, it's only so often that you can, you know, uh, you get a chance to interview people that you are like that you are in awe of. Um, there, there's been a few times on this show that y'all know I've been starstruck, um, and, and like truly humbled by the fact that this person took the time out to spend time with me and to spend time with y'all and to talk about what they're doing in the community. Um, I, this is one of, this is one of those for me. This is one of those for me. I gotta be honest with you. This is one of those for me. Um, and, and once you watch this interview, you'll know exactly why. Um, there are some true giants. I talk a lot about, you know, the giants in the community. And uh, this guy here, man, when you talk about doing it for real, uh, doing it for real, for real, straight from straight from the state of South Carolina, representing, you know, like just just role models, the role models, role model. If you know a role model in South Carolina, that person looks up to this guy that's coming on today. I'm just telling y'all what time it is. I'm not I'm not boosting them up. I'm not gassing them up. I'm just telling you the 100 percent truth. So please share this out. Um, This is gonna be a great interview. I'm excited. Uh, I'm going to give you all about a minute or so just to get in here. Then we're going to get rolling. Please share this interview. Yes, I talk while I type. Those who watch the show know I do that. We are live with Patrick Patterson. If you have never heard the name Patrick Patterson, today you are in for a treat. This gentleman is the real deal. Um. That's that's all I'll say. And, I, and I'll leave that to leave that to that. What's up, Mr. Mika? I see you. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Please share this out if you can. I greatly appreciate it. We're about to get rolling in just a second. I'm, I don't even want to be, be, de delay the time because this man's time is valuable. And uh, he, he's I we've got so much to talk about. So I'm just get rolling. All right. Where's my screen? Where's my intro music? Let's do this. Thank y'all so much. Everybody who's who's in here, please share, share, share. You already know what it is. Hey, Toya, what's up, baby? All right. Let me drop my branding stuff. All right, here we go. Hello, world, and welcome back to Real Talk with Rajan, where nothing's off limits. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with me, and I appreciate that. I am your host, Rajan Lewis. Now, here on Real Talk with Rajan, everything's debatable, so on any given week, we could be discussing anything from sports to music to politics. You name it, we'll discuss it. I want to take this special opportunity to shout out to all my sponsors. Thank you to Science2C.com. Do you need business cards, T-shirts, banners, car decals, magnets? You can find all of that and more at Science2C.com. Make sure you use your promo code for this month, which is buy black, buy 
Black. And are you looking to start a career in cybersecurity and don't know where to start? Sounds like you need Cyber Prep U. They have trained IT professionals that you that can get you started on your way to a career in IT and cybersecurity. Visit www.cyberprepu.as.me to get started. Now, for those who are real, new to Real Talk with Rajan, Real Talk with Rajan has a goal of shining a light on the great things that are happening right here in the Low Country and beyond. Um, today, we're going all the way to Columbia, South Carolina, to speak to someone who I consider to be a giant in the nonprofit industry, in the fatherhood industry, in the game of life, Mr. Patrick Patterson. Thank you so much for joining me, sir. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? What's going on, bro? What up, what up? Listen, man. I made it, mama. I made it. Check me out, ma. What's up, bro? What's up, man? Listen. For those, for, for those who don't know, this is this is a big episode for me, all right? This is a big episode for me. Uh, this guy here, man, you talk about fatherhood. You talk about mentorship. You talk about doing it, taking it from South Carolina and doing it on a global level. Um, this gentleman here, really, to those who know, he needs no introduction, but he is Mr. Patrick Patterson. Please introduce yourself to the audience, brother. Man, listen, first of all, John, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah. A proud South Carolina boy, um, father of two beautiful daughters. My oldest is Peyton, my youngest is Lauren, and my beautiful wife, Sharon, and I were married for 23 years. Praise um, God. Love the work that I do. Um, grew up in Columbia, um, projects neighborhood called Saxon Homes. Yep. Uh, C.A. Johnson High School. I'm a Hornet all the way. Went to Benedict as an undergrad, and I went to USC for graduate school. I did everything. A lot of people say you got to go to New York, love New York. You got to go to Atlanta, love Atlanta. But, you know, you can grow where you're planted. And, yes. Uh, I didn't run. Um, everything that I learned as a kid, I use in all of those settings, man. But I'm just proud of you. I am grateful that you listen to the spirit and you're doing what you're doing. I've watched you as a father. I've watched you in front of audiences. I've watched you with your own kids. I've seen you. Tick tocking. <laughs> I'm just, I just love who you are. And I just think that there's some things that I, as I watch you, there are some gifts. I've seen you in multiple settings. There's some gifts that you don't recognize yet, but wow. I'm a little bit older and I see them. And all I can tell you is get ready. Get ready, man. Like keep your hands open. You can't yes, keep the hands closed. Keep your hands open. There's some stuff coming ahead for you. So, Let's rock and roll. Yeah. Listen, man. One, I'm not gonna cry on this episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I made it. I made it through all of these episodes. I think I've cried <laughs> once. So, <laughs> no, I got you. I'm, That's I'm after, not the show. after the show. Yeah, we'll yeah. But thank you yeah. for that, man. Like I, I just like I said, like I'm such a fan of yours. You know, um, I. I, and I, I want to go through, you know, all the things that it is that you do, and it, it, we don't have nearly enough time to do all talk about all the things yeah. that you do, but. Yeah. People need to understand the magnitude. I, I think that so often we wait until people aren't here. And then we're like, yo, let me tell you how dope this person was. Like, right. no, like, like when I, the things that I've seen you do, um, can you, let's just start, let's start, let's start where, where I know you from initially. So the fatherhood yeah. conference, um, yes. can you talk about, because you're known as Mr. Fatherhood. Yes. So, so let's talk about the moniker, Mr. Fatherhood. And then let's go into the, the uh, male achievement and fatherhood conference. So I'll, I'll take you back. Um, grew up pretty average family in the projects. Projects are all over. I've been Charleston projects too. 
Um, both parents. Um, I'm the third of four. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad, before I was born, was uh, known, you know, he, he robbed people. You know, mm. that's not my story. Wow. Uh, spent some time in jail, uh, in and out, did various things that kind of got him in trouble. And when I was born in 1974, um, he stopped. I can't explain it. But he became a pretty regular dude, went to work. He didn't finish eighth grade, but became a pretty regular three job kind of guy taking care of the family. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of friends didn't have fathers. But my dad was the kind of guy that when there was a stranger in the neighborhood, people would knock and say, Mr. Pat, can you see about who this is over here sitting on the car? Um, when there was a loose dog, my dad got the dog. If your bike chain broke, they knock on the door Saturday morning, Mr. Pat, can you fix my bike chain? My dad was that guy. Mm. Uh, he was also the guy that taught me and my brothers. I got two brothers and one sister. Listen, when I in my neighborhood, Rajan, there was a cut to get to the store. Mm-hmm. My dad taught us, he said, listen, if you ever go through the cut, and there's a dude set on both sides, a brick wall. They set on both sides of the wall. Mm-hmm. Say the things like this, you gotta walk through you cannot if you see them dudes you can't yeah. Turn around. yeah 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 if you turn around you become a target so he was the guy that taught us things like that so fast forward um my childhood was pretty awesome in the sense that i had both my parents church uh, mm-hmm. every sunday saturday for choir practice um wednesdays for bible study and at age 15 my sister and brother were older, out of the house. My younger brother and I were together. My dad had just left working three jobs, got one major job at a Coca-Cola factory. Mm. And after 15 years of sobriety, he got an appreciation plaque at his job. And afterwards, he did the same thing I do with people who I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Touch. He rolled back through the neighborhood, hollered at his boys. He got this awesome plaque, told the boys, yo, what's up? Haven't had a drink in 15 years. And one of the boys said, yo, Pat, you're doing great. Let's, uh, why don't we just celebrate for a minute? And so the story goes, my father told him no. They said, come on. Said no. They said, don't be a blah, blah, blah. You know what mm-hmm. it is? Yeah. And they did the oldest trick in the book. Oh, you think you better than us. Mm, yeah. You know that trick? You ever heard that trick? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Been there. Been there. So he said, no, 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 no. I'm the cat that served time with y'all. I'm the mm. cat that ran. I robbed people with y'all. So don't, don't think because I just moved from the projects, which we had just moved into a single family home on the other side. Don't think that I ain't Pat. And so he popped a beer with them peer pressure, and hadn't drank in 15 years. He popped another beer, six pack gone. They ended up rolling a blunt. That went like crazy. And then one of the guys said, hey, while we're here, I got a needle. Why don't we just, why don't we just do what we used to do with, with yeah. our veins? Yeah. So at 15, sophomore in high school, um, everything changed for me. My dad didn't come home for three days. Wow. He, everything that he had just built, sobriety, um, pretty built, stable family, a year on the job, plaque, elevated to manager. 
Um, imagine walking to school as a 10th grader one day and then the next three days, the guy that you've known all your life doesn't show up. My mom is strong, well, strong then, strong now. Mm. Uh, it just reshaped everything. Well, the end of the story goes like this. He came home three days later and the clothes he had on, he left. He came home, rushed to the house, changed his clothes, hustled out the house, drove back to the job. And in 30 minutes, he was back at the house. You know what happened, right? He got fired. He got fired. He got fired. And so what was, my dad was the guy that taught me how to swing, how to throw a ball. Uh, my dad taught me walk through the cut. Yeah. Do not turn around, you know? So that's what I had. And then the next two years of my life in high school, uh, imagine walking to school. I play football, baseball, basketball. Imagine walking to school or walking from practice, and there's a guy in a cut, drunk. And you saw him. Your friends just peeked who it is. Mm -hmm. They're cracking jokes. You're laughing with them, but you know on the inside. You hurting. You know that, right? You know yeah. the song. It, yeah. it ain't it ain't summertime's not playing by Will Smith. Right. It's sad in my heart. But I'm cracking jokes, I'm laughing. And that was the point in my life where I thought, you know what? <sighs> I don't know, bruh. Um, so next two years, um, junior year, senior year, my mother, she did what moms do. Right. Um, my mother had, you know, my grandmother had 16 kids, so we had places to stay, but we were bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. But my mother kept us in the church um, she kept us focused on a couple things. And I remember saying to her one time, like, this is really, 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 really getting on my nerves. And she said, cause I kept saying to her, I would see my dad, my dad would be at a game and I'm playing and there is a disturbance in the mm -hmm. audience. You know what I mean? Coming mm -hmm. on, I'm at the game, I'm locked in and you, you hear the noise. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Right. Or, you know, I'm driving or riding back from practice or a game, and there's a guy walking in the street stumbling. I know my father, right? So mm -hmm. me at 15, 16, I ended high school with a 1.3 GPA. Wow. Barely finished high school because I think my mind was clouded. But what I remembered most, which is how I got to what I'm doing now, was what my mother told me. She said, in your anger, as a kid, you're holding on to what you think you lost, but you forgot what you got. Mm. Yeah. So walk through the cut, look a man in the eye. You got to go to work. You got to shake a man's hand firm. You got to look like somebody when you go outside. My father used to have us get our clothes ready for church Sunday. He'd have us get our clothes ready on Wednesdays. Mm. So how I got to who I am now was I really gravitated to one thought that has served me for the last 30, 30 years, almost 35 years, is that my father never heard that he was special. And I've been working with men for a long time. Yeah. A good guy. But guys need cheerleaders too, you know? Yeah. And as a life's calling, I didn't select to work with fathers. It selected me. So when I got old enough, when I was at Benedict and in college, um, I've got people probably watching the show. My dad would come to my dorm. It was across from my old neighborhood. And I fed him. I went to the calf. I got jugs of milk. I got cereal. 
I got sandwiches. If I wasn't there, my roommate would do the same. My my dorm mates knew my dad. When he came stumbling over there, they would say, come on inside, Mr. Pat. And so that reminded me at the point, like, this is the guy I remember. Um, so it's been my calling just to really seed for men. You're special. And so I'm a natural teammate. I've always played sports. I've always said, good job. Good play, bro. Yeah. Yes. So transferring that to my work with fathers, um, I'm doing what I wish my dad had received. Does that make any sense? It makes complete sense. Yeah. So that's the short story. Professionally speaking, I have been in some spaces that I cannot explain to people because it doesn't make sense for a kid who, from the projects, 1.3 GPA. But I have worked with three U.S. presidents. I have been to 45 states and seven countries doing work with fathers. Mm. I have not had a day where I know, no, you know, people have days like, man, I, I swear I don't want to go to work today. Mm-hmm. I'm going wood. My engine is always ready to roll when it comes to this topic because I understand what we need, what you need as a father. I mm-hmm. understand what I need as a father. And my goal is to serve my God and my family first. And for those that I come in contact with, my wife will tell you, we meet homeless people. He asked me, I said, dude, tell me your story. And they looking like, dude, just give me the $5. And the next few minutes, there's a pound exchange. And the guy says, you know, wow, I'm good. I don't need the money. I just appreciate the conversation. But my father was the inspiration. Yeah. Because what I believe, and I'll stop here, every father has a story. Every father. I've been in prisons. I've worked with NFL dads. I've worked with NBA dads. And they all, different ranges. I've worked with Asian. I've been to other countries. Different languages. But the stories are the same. Brothers need to know that they are valued. Not above mothers, right? But I know for us, the gas that ninety three gas is thank you, Dad. Yeah, we appreciate you, Dad. That's why a lot of guys say I don't need nothing for my birthday or Father's Day. But if the kids do things like thank you cards, or my kids have created things over the years, mm-hmm. I just love because they. It said, thank you for who you are. Um, brothers need to be affirmed. They need to be appreciated. And they need to be celebrated. And it doesn't always have to be a financial thing. Right. So uh, I'll stop there because this is. No, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Think that's, I think that's so key. Um, you know, we a lot of people talk about, you know, the softening of men. You know, how yeah. soft men are these days. Um I, I, I think of it as sort of differently. I, th- yeah. I think that for so long, we've been told that we have to be so rock hard. We have to, we have to be the, 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 the strongest thing that we can't break. And that's led to a lot of toxic behaviors and toxic thoughts yeah. amongst us men. Um, just thinking about the fatherhood conference, um, the thing that, that continues to, to resonate in my mind and the reason I love going back there is yeah. because it's a safe space for men to be vulnerable. 
Yeah. And it's a safe space for young men to see older men be vulnerable. Correct. You make a yeah. point of it as you made a point of it as the host to tell people, hey, I love you, bro. Yeah. Like when they when they when they when someone came on the stage and they were, you know, they, they were a guest, whether it was Chris Broussard or yeah. you know, um whoever, like the 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 quote unquote lowest of the low or the highest of the high. I yeah. love you, bro. Yeah. What what, yeah. what made your intentionality? What, what was your intentionality there? Well, the uh, the conference and that space is still motivated by what I, you know, my father and knowing being a teammate. Um, you know how many males that we walk into or encounter every day that don't have not heard another man in a healthy way say, I love you. Yeah. If it said, I love you, it's some weird, unhealthy platform, but I know what it feels like. Yeah. I've heard my father say, I love you. I've heard my coaches, I've heard my brothers, I've heard my uncle say, I love you. And so in my years of working with guys, particularly when I go into prisons and NFL and NBA locker rooms, these guys are six nine, mm. and then I'm five six, and I say, "Yo, bro, I think you dope. I mean, beyond your athletic ability, yeah, yeah, you're amazing." And so it reminded me that the earlier we can do that, the kids the healthier they are, particularly males. You know the story about boys who fall earlier and girls who fall earlier. Mm-hmm. The boy falls, and then there's an ambulance, and there's candy. The boy falls and there are all kind of threats made. You better stop. If, if you don't stop crying, yeah. I'll give yeah. you cry for. And so the earlier that we can have boys feel comfortable with pain, hurt, you know, feelings. And, you know, there's a difference. But in terms of him being OK with acknowledging that, I've learned that that's helpful. And so I have been intentional. Last year, my uncle, we awarded my uncle with a, an, an award. Yes. And. When I tell you, I hugged him. I did not, like you said at the top of the show, I did not plan to cry. Right. There was a, there's a hug that my uncles and my father give me that doesn't require words, but you yeah. feel it. Yeah. You feel it. And when I tell you for the next 30, 45 days, my wife will tell you, um, my gas tank was refilled just by that hug. And my uncle said, my uncle said, I'm proud of you. You know how powerful it is when you say it to your son? So that to me is, and I, I'm a big believer in, there's no traffic in your own lane. So that is the lane that God has created for me. So I'm not trying, I have daughters. Every year I get people saying, you should do a conference for girls. Here's what I know God has told me. I've given you this experience for you to bless other people. Run. Run in your lane. No traffic. Right. My, no right. traffic in my lane. The traffic comes when you say, you know what? I'm going I'm to start doing some TikTok videos like Rajan and his daughter. That, that's not my lane. Yeah, I feel that. Man, I feel that. So that's intentional, though. All of that has been intentional to really create a space for boys to see and men to give what we both need, which is the affirmation, the appreciation, and the celebration. So I I, I, I'm, I guess I'm going to be breaking the news because I don't know if you put it out to these streets yet. That yeah. conference I just talked about will yeah. not be taking place this year, which <laughs> broke my heart because yeah. like, I've been there for the last, I've been the last four years, I think. Yeah, we did I'm, five, you were there four. Yeah, yeah. I was there four. Like, 
Yeah, I presented yeah. the last two, and actually, the first one I went to, Troy uh, was presenting with uh, Raymond Nelson, and they asked me yeah. to help, and I didn't even. I was planning on being there, so yeah. like it's yeah. such a blessing to to be a part of that. So it's not happening. So you got to let the people know what what's going. What what is what are you working on in place of that? Because I know well, something's you know, coming. No, you know what I was thinking in the beginning. I, I'm a big believer in when God says move, move. So the first year, and this was the timing of it, and I'll, I'll probably get to the story later, but the timing of it was my father passed in 2015. I was planning my first conference that year. Mm. And months and months, my dad was in hospice. By this time he had sobered up. He was not physically well, but his mind was like LeBron James. I mean, yeah. and so we had a chance, just had these conversations. I kept talking to him about his story and everything. And I kept saying to him for at least two years, I want to do this conference, but I'm not ready. My dad leaned into me. He said, you've been ready. Scared to death. I was like, well, what if people don't come? And, you know, you know the thoughts when you're planning an event. Mm -hmm. He said, what if I said, what if don't come? He said, you're ready. And so with that same affirmation that men need, my father gave me. So without blinking an eye, it was like a coach giving a player a play. Yeah. I just ran the play. My wife, event planner, I called a few people again, scared, just being honest, scared, scared. Would you be willing to, would you be willing to, would you be willing? The first year we raised $25,000 Wow. to host a conference. I was going to do it one year just to, whew, I did it. And then um, several of our sponsors said, well, at the end of the first conference, they said, we want to present you with a check for next year's conference. Wow. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. I'm only doing this one time. It's a one-off. <laughs> right, right. It's one and done. I'm, I'm Carmelo Anthony, right? Yeah. And um, I get letters, emails from kids and parents. My we had several fathers at our first conference that had not seen their kids in, in months or years. The state DSS agreed that this was a safe space for them to meet their kids. Mm. So I had no idea, but I got letters from guys and messages from guys saying, hey, man, thank you, because I haven't seen my boy in three years. And wow. you showed us a good time and we're talking now every day or whatever. Five years later, um, it grew beyond me. And I'm clear about when God says move, you have, you have to move. Yeah, yeah. You have to move. And I did that, but also am conscious of this. You've heard of compassion fatigue, where pastors preach for 40 years, but he stopped preaching at year 10. Yeah. But he keeps doing it just because everybody says, what's next? When we opened last year's conference that morning, I knew it was the last one. I knew it at the end of year four, actually. Wow. Um, because I'm very clear that when my assignment is up, you got to move. You got to move. And so what's next for me is training. Um, it is this summer. Honestly, we were planning to do a summer camp with some boys at a, at a retreat facility in Columbia, I mean, in Hill. We will get back to that. But this last summer, what I've enjoyed, honestly, it's a year-long process to plan that conference. What I've really enjoyed was the time I've had with my family. Yeah. 
Um, I knew going into year five, too, my daughter was going to ninth grade. And I started looking at her and looking at my wife. And I'm a big believer in not having my wife pull my coattail. Mm -hmm. So don't before you call the time out, guess what? I got this. And so my plan was really to be what I am, but more of it with my daughters. Because you look up and your daughter just... She's going to college, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. next year. Yeah. So I'm looking up, and my daughter's talking about college and driving. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought you were nine. <laughs> so I was clear about that. But for us, we plan, but we more importantly, we pray. And so yeah. I don't have a perfect next. I've always allowed God to say, here's where you're going. But in the absence of planning the conference, um, I can't explain to people what God has been doing for our business, like virtually and conferences. And I mean, it's just, it was all right. Yeah. It was right. COVID hit and I'm unfortunately people have suffered. So I pray for people every day. Absolutely. Tell you God knew before I knew. You wasn't doing the conference next yeah. year. You know, he knew. So it was a confirmation. So absolutely. So so yeah. let's talk about some of the dope things that come out of. We're going to talk about uh, Carolina Fathers for sure. Um, I okay. want to talk about some of these dope experiences that you've been able to to to, to hit because because you know how you're not you know, you're like you know water your own grass you know don't don't look <laughs> at the other man's yard but sometimes I peek across the fence. Yeah, and I see you on you know on the, on the floor at the Chicago Bulls game. How did yeah. how did this happen? So five four years ago, I was in D.C. presenting at a conference, and this brother was in the audience. Four hundred people in the audience, and this brother's in the audience. I was talking to my father's, and he said, "Hey, give me a call." And this is NFL, which led to NBA. This brother said, "Hey, give me a call when you can." I'm like, "Sure." A lot of people wanted my business card. I traded business cards, and this brother. Six five, he was a big dude. I didn't call him. When I got back. I just got busy, whatever. And so he followed me on LinkedIn. He followed me on Facebook. He just he searched me out. He said, "Hey, dude." I said, "Give me a call." I said, "I apologize, my bad. Got busy." Called the guy back. He said, "When you're back in D.C., I want you to come to this address." So I said, "Sure." I was back in D.C. We were living in Delaware at the time. I'm in D.C. I get to this address. We got a meeting, and I look up, and it's the NFL logo on the building. So I'm like, hey, bro, I'm in front of NFL offices. I'm not quite sure if this is where I need to be. He said, yeah, come on upstairs. Well, he was over their player player engagement. Mm. They were at the time starting to do stuff off the field with guys. And he said, you'd be great. Would you be interested? Well, I'm a fan of the football. Of football. Right, right. Move, right place, right time. Did that with him, traveled with the NFL for several years. And because the NFL knows the NBA, we got a phone call over to the NBA to do the same thing. So 2015 NBA All-Star Weekend, we were invited to do a panel with fathers. Um, beyond my work with fathers, I'm a former athlete. I love sports. Yeah, yeah. Professionally speaking, Rajon, every time they would invite me, I'm trying to maintain. <laughs> Absolutely, sure. Yes, I'd love yeah. to. Of course. Love to be there. <laughs> I'm trying to maintain not my pom-poms, right? I'm like, absolutely, I'd love to be there. Um, and then the NBA 
connected with us. And then Chicago Bulls specifically asked us to, they had younger players, player engagement. And so yeah. was an awesome assignment, um, two, two and a half years from player practices to um, community engagement, to being on the floor, to getting my own jersey made, my own shorts made, um, to traveling with them, to doing things. But here's the larger point that I think people have to understand. It truly is a matter of if you're in your lane, there is no traffic. I have not been talking about sports with these guys. Right. The thing that I understand, and you understand this too, is that your story, my story have power. And so my father has been celebrated many, many, many times because yeah. I know my father's story. And here's what happens. What happened in D.C. when a brother from the NFL with the NBA is the biggest, most well-paid person comes up and says, hey, man, thank you for that because we got the same story. And do you mind if I connect you to the Milwaukee Bucks, because I used to play for them, but they need you. Mm. And you know how the world works. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's been the experience. Um, I'm blessed, brother. I told you earlier before we came on the air, I failed ninth grade. Um, we have some things in common in that respect and just serving, man, being obedient. Um, I do have fears. But what I've learned is I have value. And if you understand your value, you're not ashamed of your failures. God is going to say to you, watch out. Watch out. So that's been amazing. It's been amazing. Yes. Been amazing. I'm sitting here writing quotes down as you talk. So like, yeah. no. <laughs> so, like, like you know me, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's sort of how I roll, man. Yeah. I, I have fears, but I also know I have value. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk about uh, global partners. So global, yeah. global partners for fathers and families. What what is that, and how how what is how does that organization impact the larger community? So it's two things that we do. I formed a company in 2014, but for many many years, my first job in South Carolina was at a foundation. I was working at the Sister Charity Foundation. Mm-hmm. I was newly hired. We had 85 million dollars. They hired me because I was from the neighborhood. But they, too, were starting a fatherhood program. This is 1999. And they hired hired me. I didn't have any kids, but I was from the neighborhood. I was being recognized for doing community work. And first job was there. Traveled the entire state. Spent much time in Charleston. Hyman Seafood, Aaron's, you know, Burke Mm -hmm. Hospital. A lot of stuff. Charlestown Landing. Did a lot of programming, giving out grants. And so over the years... I left there, I ended up working, met with President Bush in Charleston in 2003. Very rare occurrence, asked me to come down there for a meeting to meet with Governor Sanford, who was running for office at the time. And when I got to Charleston, Governor Sanford wasn't there. President Bush, I walked into a room with men with guns and they wanted to talk about fatherhood. And somehow, somewhere my name was mentioned you got to talk to Patrick Patterson. I'm 28 at the time. And I walk into this room, President Bush is in there. And he's the then president of the United States. And I'm next to him. And he said to me, I'm thinking about making funding available for fatherhood programs nationally. Why is this so important? That was like, you know, the middle school rims behind the middle school. 
It was the middle school. It was a layup because layup, yeah, I didn't have yeah. to do any stats. I just mentioned what I shared with you. And I said, my father just didn't know how special he was. I said, every man needs that. True story. We're at one of the high schools there. It might have been Somerville High School. But Jim is huge. I'm escorted out to sit front row. He's about to give this big speech. And in the middle of the president's speech, my wife was in the hotel. In the middle of his speech, he says, and by the way, guys, 3,000 people. You guys have a special person. And this is, I'm sitting here. I'm watching yeah. this. Yeah. You guys have a special person in your state in the name of Patrick Patterson. So I'm, you know how you in the, like, <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, I'm 28. So that day ends, this is before Facebook, all the reporters rushed to me. Mm-hmm. And if I had time, I would show, I'll send you the picture later. But there's a picture taken of he and I at this meeting. And it looks like we had like a UN summit because it's, I'm sitting here, he's sitting here and he cracked the joke. I cracked the joke and we were laughing, but it looked like we went to high school together. That's how it came out. Yeah. Newspapers around the country. President speaks to fatherhood leader. And that was in summer. Um, Two or three weeks later, I got a phone call from Washington saying the president would like you to come work under his administration. This is, I, I could pull up all the records, but I leave Columbia. I've never lived anywhere but Columbia at the time. And my wife and I with no kids, we move up north. And for the rest of his term, I did fatherhood, I did marriage, and I did faith-based work for six states within the middle, Maryland, D.C., Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania. And it was one of the best experiences I ever had. Fear, still present, very present. Um, knew my value, knew my story, knew how many people could be impacted by it. Wasn't really sure, but I shared a little bit every day based on what I heard. He left office. President Barack Obama gets elected. Phone call comes in. You did a great job, President Bush. Would you mind doing this for our administration? Wow. That's the call I've been waiting on. <laughs> That's the one. Right. So his entire eight years, I did the exact same thing, except it was for the country. Um, I'm from Columbia. I'm 5'6", 1.3. You know my numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, no traffic. No traffic. So I haven't veered from my, 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 my lane, um, but Global Partners at the end of President Barack Obama's administration, I've been serving for so long and people were calling me and I was doing a lot of stuff for free. I had some great mentors who say, you should probably start your own business. And I was scared, didn't know what to charge people, didn't know how I want to market myself. But along that journey, I've helped a lot of people write grants. And so here's the end of that. We do... One of two things most days. I'm either doing something that works with fathers, men, and boys, whether that's schools, Head Start, conferences, NFL, NBA, or, excuse me, for nonprofits across the world, uh, we write grants. We help them secure funding. We've done $55 million in grants organizations. So those two things have kind of been 
my left and right hand. And it's taken me, literally, I've been around, I've only been, I've missed 44 states I've been to, um, seven countries I've been to doing the work that I'm telling you about. Um, but it's been awesome, man. But that's what we do. Um, we have 12 staff. Uh, my wife, who used to work a corporate job in, at a hospital, she's our director of operations. And if you've been to our conferences, yeah. she's been running things. Yeah, Sharani, Sharani ain't no game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is not a game. So, but that's what we do, man. It's, it's a prideful thing. Um, I get a chance to serve, but I've also understood, I talk about value. I wasn't sure what to charge, um, but I've had some good mentors, including my wife, who has helped me to understand you can't let your heart get bigger than your wallet. Because mm. a lot of times people like you and I who love to help people will say, I know this takes 60 hours, but I'll do it for free. Mm. And hour 30, you're like, man, I wish they was paying me for this stupid thing I'm doing. Um, I figured out how to do well and good at the same time. Mm. Mm. And it makes it easier for me when I walk out of my house or when I used to travel a lot to come back and there's value in my hand to get to my wife to take to the bank. It's much easier to say, I've been here with these kids for three days and you come back with a keychain. You can't, you can't do that, Rajan. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? So, but that's who we are. That's who we are. Right. So Carolina Fathers, is Carolina Fathers a part of Global or is that just something you do separately just because you, for the love? It's love. It Word. Love. So, so explain for those who don't know, because I'm a part of Carolina Fathers. I'm actually an initial member of Carolina Fathers. When the first Woo-hoo. list was made, I had the little, yeah. the little flower to prove it. Uh, yeah. can, you talk, yeah. can you talk about, the, about what Carolina Fathers is and, you know, the, the goal behind it? It's a Facebook group um, a year and a half, a year ago, 13 months ago, was having a conversation with a friend who was struggling with something. It was a seemed like an unusual issue, but he was crying to me for two hours. And I just felt to myself, I wonder if there's a space for men to cry, mm. share and exchange ideas, a safe space. And so move. I heard God say move. So that night after talking to him, and I'll tell you the story later. It's a wonderful experience because he was hurt and broken, but military. So he couldn't cry on base. So he called me and we just talked. And um, that night I said, I wonder if there's a need for this. I talked to my younger brother. He said, yeah. And what I realized was that there are a lot of men who are in company, but they're lonely. Mm. Very lonely. And so I posted, I created, I had somebody create the logo. I opened the page up and I just was hoping to get a couple guys just to share stories about parenting girls and boys or whatever. And today we have almost 4,000 fathers who are in the group and you're in there. I mean, the conversation from grilling to dating to teaching your kid to drive, but it's just really become a space where guys who are from South of North Carolina have roots there to just share. And we post jobs you know, we post, you know, if you have your own business, we always try to make it a space that people can share things, you know, try to keep it safe so we don't get into political debates. It's right. not a place to fight. It's really about helping, celebrating, connecting fathers to each other. But it's been crazy. It's been crazy. And it's not, you know, something that pays me, but it it feeds me. Yes. Because I, this past weekend, we had a conversation about 
erectile dysfunction, which mm. that's not the conversation in the barbershop, you know? And we talked about uh, a vasectomy in there. Brothers ain't talking about that like in the barbershop. Nah, See, right. brothers giving their own experience around, yep, I did it. Two days I was down, the rest of that I was back. You know, it was just beautiful to have a space where people don't know you, but you can ask questions. So that's what that is. Yeah, I love that. That's the one thing I wanted to do. I wanted to make sure I chimed, chimed in on that. Because one, if you are a father um, and you're not in Carolina Fathers, you should probably get in there. Um, yeah. Because there are so many times that there are scenarios that are posted mm-hmm. and it's just good information, people chiming in, people giving like honest feedback about stuff, you know. Um, I, I've seen some a little bit of everything, you know, everything from, you know, I don't know how to deal with the fact that my child is, is struggling with homosexuality, like mm-hmm. stuff like that, like stuff that fathers, we don't talk about, like you said, even in the barbershop, we think the barbershop is a safe space. Nobody's going to walk in the barbershop and say, hey guys, I have erectile dysfunction. What do y'all do about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not going to happen. You know, so I, you know, I just, I I said in the beginning of this interview that you're one of the giants, man. Like, because you, you do have that, like you do have, it seems like you have your finger on the pulse of who you are. And I think there's so much that all of us could learn from watching that. You know, there's so many of us that operate in so many different separate spaces. And sometimes we may look over and say, oh, I like what he's doing. I'm going to do that. But it's like, no, God gave you this. Yeah. That like there's so much like thank you for that, man. Like yeah. I, I, I want to thank you for that. Like that's yeah. that's something. I appreciate that, man. That's something. Now I want to talk about one more thing when I looked across the fence. Yeah. The Super Bowl. And I know you worked for yeah. the NFL. But yes. getting Super Bowl tickets are not easy. Being at, yeah. the, at the events is not easy. Yeah. Who is the craziest person you met at the Super Bowl? Who is your like, I can't believe I'm talking to this person? Uh, at the time, I would give you two. Okay. Was uh, Deontay Wilder. I don't know if people know who he is. Heavyweight. Till this day. Till this day. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was undefeated at the time, but, and I'll be honest, man, this guy is 6'7, legit. I said he's 6'7, he's 6'3, legit. Um, talking to dads about being fathers in the, in the NFL like homecoming and our table was sitting right in the middle of ESPN and other stations. And we were hustling me and two other guys, Kenny Braswell and Lamont Wilbon. We were three of us at a mic and just trying to get guys to talk about being fathers and every NFL former athlete, NBA boxing athlete, they gave people two minutes to be interviewed. Once we came, we looked like everybody else. Everybody's trying to get a quote. So I would say, I'm sorry. I just want to ask you just about the importance of being a father. And they would be turning away and say, say what? And well, they would tell, they all had handlers. They said like, hold on, let me, let me, let me, let me address this question. Deontay came over. He had his wife and his kids and his entourage. He was being pushed to the next interview. And I said, I just want to ask you just about your grandmother who raised him, his father, minister. You know, I'd done some homework. Mm-hmm. He's like, he sat down and we just started talking. But he was one because he was so humble. 
He's Alabama raised. He's just so, you know, he's a vicious fighter, but he just kept saying, what do you think? He said, you have older kids. And here I am and now in awe, but just to watch him, he was one. Um, and I got to say this too. I don't know. I told the brother too. I said, bro, you smell amazing. I said, what you're wearing, but I'm sure I can't afford it, but he had a, a aroma with him. Um, the second one was Evander Holyfield. I'm a boxing mm. And Evander came over, same thing, being pushed, being pushed, being pushed, being pushed. And I just asked him about his grandmother and his mother and his father, who he had never met. Wow. Uh, sat down and I just asked him about just, what would you say to a young man who never met there? And just to hear them answer those questions. Um, they spent like 10, 15 minutes with us. And afterwards, they all had parties. So they would say like, yo, get his number. And the point that I'm reminded of this every time I have these experiences is you're right. I am being myself. If I was being something else, I might not get some of the blessings. Right. God has affirmed me. He's, I accept the fact that I have an anointing. I accept the fact that you have an anointing and I don't have to mix mine with yours. And if you can learn that, um, so I was excited, but I wasn't nervous because I'm like, you know what? We got the same title. We're both fathers. Yeah. Um, but those two were crazy. We saw the Heinz Ward, the Juju Smith-Schuster. We saw Ben Roethlisberger, but I'm a little older. And those guys, I just love the grit about were um, Joe Namath. I mean, I saw all Eric Dickerson, Emmett Smith. Michael Irvin, Jerry Rice, but I could I could not meet Jerry. Jerry is the one person if I met, I'd be like, yo, you're Jerry Rice. <laughs> no, you've you you've been around some athletes coming out of Charleston. Mm -hmm. You think they're like huge, but most of these guys are not really big. Right. Right. Which makes you even say, like, whoa, this dude is a lion because. Mm -hmm. He can survive the NFL or the NBA at this size, then there's something else besides athletic ability that's there. So absolutely. That was crazy. That is crazy. Man, this is this has been like everything. No, I, I don't know. I don't know how, how people in the audience are feeling. I, I can't speak for y'all. But for <laughs> me, this this is this conversation is everything. It it really is everything that I wanted it to be and more. Um, yeah. but I want to be respectful of your time. Um, and so I'm going to start to wrap. Um, mm -hmm. I guess I want to ask you, I'm going to ask you one parting question and then I want to let you really get your, get your thoughts off and let them know where they can find you. If they want to find out more information about what it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, you've spoken a lot about what fatherhood means, um, in a grander scale. When you think about Patrick Patterson, what does fatherhood mean to you? Uh, it's time. It's time with my kids. It's respecting my wife. Um, it is having them understand the value of who they are earlier than I figured it out. So it is really just loving on them. Uh, my kids know that um, I love them, but I didn't hear it a lot as a kid. So randomly, they're walking down the hall. I say, hey, I love you. Um, cause I want them to get that. So that to me 
is doing that. The other thing that I think is really important is just being honest with them. So like my father, before he passed, shared a bunch of things that I just never knew about his story. But I have shared my story with my kids. I failed ninth grade. I told them that. I tried to steal candy at the candy store when I was in fifth grade. I got in trouble for that. I've told them that. Um, when I have made mistakes, if my wife and I have been arguing and it's gotten like really like out of character, I have not only apologized to my wife, I apologize to my kids. Because mm. I want them to know that this is what it looks like, but I'm also man enough to show them that a man does apologize. So really giving them the full perspective of what a man is, but also pushing them. Uh, my kids and I have written two children's books together. So giving them the perspective that you can do anything early is to me fatherhood. It has nothing to do with money. It is purely about teaching them lessons that they can build on. Mm. Big, yes. big for me. Oh, that's the one thing I didn't get to mention. The books. Talk about the books. Yeah. Uh, two books. My kids and I did two. The first one's called I Love When Daddy Reads to Me. I don't know if you can see it. It's right behind me. Uh -huh. We've sold 10,000 copies of it, not on purpose, but we wrote that. And then the second book we've written is called Unplugged, which we just released last fall. And it's moving um, because in this space and time, I didn't know the value of it then, but it's really a book around how families should think about unplugging from devices to spend time. So um, they've got their own company. It's called Two Little Publishers, T-W-O, Little Publishers. If you want to look for the books, they're there. But we've been picked up by Walmart, Books A Million, Barnes & Nobles. I mean, it's been it's been crazy. But All right, I got to have them on, man. Let them know when it what, just hit me and let me know what, what their schedule looking like. I, I'll bring them on. Well, you know, you talked to Sharani to get me on. Yep. I, I, I already know. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, I, I, I know. I know, man. Listen, like this again, this has been everything. Thank you Thank so you. much. Oh, the grant. If they want to get a grant writing course, because you do the grant writing course, you also do fatherhood training. I want to make sure I, I publish stuff that stuff that you yeah. do. Um yeah. the fatherhood training. Um, I know you have I think you have a session coming up, right? Saturday. Yep. Saturday. Saturday. And then you have a grant writing course coming as well. Everything is can be found on our website, Global Partners F dot com global partners ff dot com we have a grant writing one-on-one training this upcoming saturday from 9 to 11 we do a lot of these trainings virtually this is virtual as well but most of the stuff you're going to find out about us will be on our website global partners ff dot com yes sir and i just put it in the comment section for those who like to check it out um if you are a local if you are a nonprofit trying to crack the, the nut that is grant writing patrick like he said 55 million and grants, you know, approved. Like that's that's a pretty good track record. You might want to yeah. holler at him. <laughs> you might you might want to holler. He might be somebody you want to talk to. Um, Call me, email me. We're good with that. This guy is is amazing. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Thank uh, you. Whatever it is that you're doing, I I want to be a part of it going forward. Like I Thank I you. just you're just somebody that, that that is just a great person to know exists. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I'm humbled by it, brother. Humbled by it. God has been good. Um, again, I would just say what I said at the top of the show. Your next level is 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 here. So do not drift, brother. Do not drift. You're going to get calls. There'll be people offering you things, money, financial. Get really comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. And then as you're building, make sure you're building the team because 
And the team sometimes won't look like your homie Charleston. Right. Um, it may look a little different, which is somewhat uncomfortable. But I will tell you two things that I've learned in my years. As you build a team, make sure you train them and trust them to do what you pay them to do. If you train them, you can then trust them. But do those things and allow yourself to really grow, being comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, yes, sir. I love you. Uh, I'm proud of you. And um, let's keep rising, man. Let's keep Indeed. rising. Indeed. Give it up. I, I got to hit you with the applause. This is day two of the applause. I'm going to hit it one more time. Listen, man, I'm telling you, like, this this guy here. I, I told yeah. you in the very beginning, I did not oversell him. I didn't. I didn't. If you watched, you were inspired. I hope you were. If you're not inspired, you might want to check your pulse. You <laughs> might not be with us. You may not be yeah. with us. That COVID might have got you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, but thank you so much, Patrick, man. Like, I, I, I am humbled by everything that you do. And, and, I, and I, I hope to continue to make you proud because you are the man. Let's do yes, it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's start it. my music. All right. So I guess I'll go ahead and wrap then. This has been an amazing, amazing, amazing interview. Special thank you to Patrick Patterson. This guy is, listen, www.globalpartnersff.com. Go there, find out what it is that they're doing. Um, if you are in the nonprofit sector and you are struggling with getting your grants off the ground, that's who you need. That's who you need to know. You need to know people like Patrick. You need to know his team because they know what they're doing. Um, I, I'm a big believer. And I hope, I don't know how, but I hope I can help him someday the way he's helped me because he's he's an amazing, amazing person. Um, this has been the Local Celebrity Spotlight, y'all. Y'all know every Wednesday night we do this at 7 p.m. where I interview my local celebrities and unsung heroes. Next Wednesday night, my local celebrity shines on my good friend, State Representative District 117, Crystal, Crystal Matthews. Um, we're going to be talking about her upcoming, uh, her campaign and how things are progressing towards the general election in November, the issues that she cares about, um, and the things that she's doing to, to make a change here in the community. Um, if you are doing something in the community that you would like a light shined on, please reach out to me at my website. That's www.realtalkwithrajan so that we can discuss getting you on the show. This and all my shows, in addition to the Car Chronicle series, is now available for your listening pleasure via Apple, Google, Spotify, and any place you can find podcasts. You can also find it on my website. That's www.realtalkrajan.com. If you'd like to be made aware of when I go live, because sometimes it is unscheduled, please be sure to click the follow or subscribe tab to be made aware of when I go live, because sometimes it is unscheduled. Um, and they'll turn on the notifications so that you'll know when something new is posted to the page. In the meantime, please follow me on social media to stay up to date on what's happening with Real Talk with Rajan. Go anywhere you want to go, type in Real Talk Rajan, and I will pop up. If I don't pop up, I will probably never be there, so never look for me there again. <laughs> I will make a special request that you please follow me on YouTube because YouTube is the most monetizable place, and I want to make money there. Um, feel free to leave comments, questions, whatever else you'd like to say in the comments or message section. Um, even if it's negative, I love reading your comments and getting your feedback, even if it's, ne even if it's negative. Why? Because I do, not, I do not seek to be told how great I am, but to become as I can great, become as great as I possibly can become. And that only happens through honest feedback. I want to thank everybody for watching. Um, in closing, always remember, God is everything. and Without him, we are nothing. So never forget where your help comes from. And if a man doesn't stand for something, he is bound to fall for anything. Now that is real talk. I will see y'all next week. Peace.